welcome to the podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things, this time for the business week ended 3rd December 2021. This is Ian Haydock. This time, alarms sound over Omicron, Sanofi boosts vaccine pipeline via acquisition, J&J's immunology plans, Chinese firms step onto the world stage, and top execs share insights to shape India's R&D push. The new Omicron SARS-CoV-2 variant, first identified in South Africa, but now appearing in Asia and Europe, is causing alarm worldwide as its multiple mutations could make it more transmissible than the Delta variant and potentially able to evade existing vaccines. News of the variant, also known as B11529, sent global share prices plummeting on 26th November, with countries imposing new travel restrictions from South Africa in an effort to slow its spread. Andrew McConaughey writes that the reason for concern is the 32 mutations in the spike protein of Omicron, more than in any other variant seen so far. Moreover, these mutations are in crucial positions on the protein, such as the receptor binding domain, and may compromise how well antibodies made from previous SARS-CoV-2 infections or vaccinations can fight off the virus. Many of the mutations are shared with Beta, the original South Africa variant, and reports suggest the new strain may have developed in an immunosuppressed individual chronically infected with HIV. Leading vaccine makers have been quick to respond to the emerging threat, with Moderna and partners BioNTech and Pfizer announcing that they are already undertaking tests to determine if Omicron can indeed evade their existing shots. Pfizer and BioNTech said in a joint statement that results would take no more than two weeks to emerge and would help to determine if the new variant could be an escape variant and require an adjustment to their vaccine if it spreads globally. The partners also believe they can develop a new variant targeting vaccine in around 100 days. Moderna's CEO Stefan Bansell said on 27 November that the company had been moving as fast as possible for several days to address the variant. The Moderna strategy has three prongs. Tests of a higher 100 microgram dose of its existing vaccine, a multivalent booster and finally plans to develop an Omicron-specific booster. Other manufacturers are also responding with J&J already testing the efficacy of their shot against the new variant and Novavax announcing that it too had begun work on an Omicron-specific vaccine. Sanofi has had a busy year on the deal-making front in 2021 and is ending the year by once again jumping on the M&A merry-go-round to bolster its vaccines pipeline by buying Austria's Origim Biotechnology. Privately owned Origim specialises in the discovery of virulent skin microbiome components and antigens from bacteria causing skin disease. Its lead candidate is ORI001, a therapeutic vaccine for acne vulgaris based on recombinant proteins, which entered the clinic in the third quarter. Sanofi is going to develop additional antigen versions using its own mRNA platform and Origim's know-how in a Phase 1-2 trial, which is expected to start in 2023. Kevin Grogan writes that the Vienna-based biotech has been working on controlling the growth of Cutibacterium acnes on the skin and preventing it from damaging the cellular lining of the pores. The intention is not just to provide a more effective treatment of moderate to severe acne, but also to prevent its formation in the first place. Thomas Triomphe, who's head of the French major's Sanofi Pasteur unit, 
said the acquisition of Origin gives the firm a first vaccine candidate against acne, a high medical need for millions of teenagers and adults, and expands our area of expertise by bringing extensive know-how in the field of skin microbiome and skin immunology. The financial terms of the deal, which is expected to close in early December, were not disclosed, but the sums involved will be lower than those Sanofi has paid out for a couple of bolt-on acquisitions this year. These included the $1.9 billion cash purchase of Cadmon last month and the $3.2 billion acquisition of Translate Bio in September. Johnson & Johnson is looking to continue its commercial success in immunology by building in new therapeutic areas as categories like psoriasis and rheumatoid arthritis have matured and the competitive dynamics have intensified. The company has homed in on the neonatal FC receptor inhibitor nipocalimab as the next pillar in its immunology portfolio, targeting 11 initial indications for various autoantibody-driven diseases. Jessica Merrill writes that J&J is taking a pathway-centric development strategy with nipocalimab, which the company gained with the $6.5 billion acquisition of Momenta last year. That deal marked J&J's move into auto-antibody-driven diseases in which an antibody attacks an individual's own tissues. Nipocalimab targets the FCRN antibody binding site and drives a potent and dose-dependent decrease in circulating antibodies, according to J&J. Management laid out the first wave of development plans for Nipocalimab during a pharmaceutical business overview on 18th November, during which the company said it was on track to become a $60 billion pharma company by 2025. Reaching that target will require continued growth in immunology, which is J&J's top revenue-generating therapeutic area, and made up of brands like Remicade, Stellara and Tremphia. With Nipocalimab, a potentially best-in-class FCRN inhibitor, we've systematically assessed the spectrum of autoantibody-driven diseases, prioritising 11 with the highest unmet medical need and actionability, Janssen Worldwide VP Immunology Terry Lawver said. Across the 11 prioritised areas, the company forecasts an addressable patient population of 2.1 million in the G8, Lawver said, which is a market about the same size as the therapeutic market for inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis combined. That was a $19 billion market in 2020, she said. Given the unmet need and the size of the addressable patient population, we see the potential for Nipocalimab to deliver billions in annual revenue. Among the new areas J&J is looking to move into are rare diseases like myasthenia gravis and idiopathic inflammatory myopathy, where the company hopes to position Nipocalimab as a standard of care treatment for conditions definitively driven by a specific autoantibody. The third quarter of 2021 has marked a new chapter for Chinese biotech's ambitions to take on the world. Leading players Beijing and Hutchmed, previously Chimed, have been building commercial teams outside of China to develop international markets for their innovative new drugs. For the three months ended 30th September, Nasdaq and Hong Kong-listed Beijing posted $33.7 million in sales of Brukinza, its small-molecule BTK inhibitor for hematological malignancies in the US. Notably, this was slightly more than those on its home turf of $32.1 million. In effect, the company more than doubled the drug's sales in the US from the three months ended 30th June, 
Brickinza was first launched in the US in 2019. Significantly, Dexter Yan writes, this was the first time a Chinese biotech achieved greater sales internationally than at home for a single innovative new drug. It was especially notable given that Beijing has retained the global rights to Brickinza and markets the product itself in the US through a more than 150-person dedicated commercial team, according to an analysis by Scripp based on corporate stock filings. Beijing's strategy is to make full use of clinical data and academic innovation to improve marketing impact, the firm told Scripp. The clinical data for the drug include results from the Aspen and Alpine Phase 3 trials, which compared the molecule head-to-head with Janssen Pharmacyclics in Bruvica and showed the former's improved safety and tolerability. Based on available clinical outcomes, Beijing obtained US approvals for the indications of Waldenstrom's microglobulinemia and marginal zone lymphoma in the third quarter, bringing the number of approved indications to three, the other being mantle cell lymphoma. Continued uptake across all uses helped to drive the acceleration in Brukinza's US sales, Beijing noted in its quarterly financial report. Another factor behind the stronger US sales is pricing. Brukinza is priced at more than six-fold higher in the US versus China, according to a filing related to Beijing's recent Shanghai IPO. An 80mg capsule sells for $117.50 in the US, compared to a median price of 99 Chinese yuan, which is about $15.50 in China. Evotech CEO Werner Lanthala shared at a recent summit some big-picture R&D insights that India may want to consider along its journey to leapfrog biopharma innovation, including learnings from his own company's exit from the country close to a decade ago. Takeda's R&D president Andy Plump also had some words of advice on fostering true innovation. Addressing the Indian Pharmaceutical Alliance's Global Innovation Summit 2021, Lanthala asserted that machine learning in drug discovery will change the way the world thinks about the future of products dramatically, because human genetics will define personalised medicine in a way that we have never thought about before. The earlier the Indian ecosystems understand that prediction technologies for personalised medicine have to be the future in all processes, the faster we are then putting our dollars behind the right technologies and products, Lanthala said at the virtual event. The tools that can be applied in the area are new and hence developing these internally in India alone would not be efficient, he maintained, underscoring the need to find ways to cooperate globally. Accessing the latest technologies, especially on a global level, would be pivotal. So that's why I think partnering structures from Indian companies with global platforms who, for example, are leading machine learning, induced pluripotent stem cell technologies, transcriptomics, metabolomics, Early readouts would help a lot because building this only internally takes a long time. There you will fall behind, the executive said. Evotech's multi-modality platform comprises a combination of innovative technologies, data and science for the discovery, development and production of first-in-class and best-in-class pharma products. Last month, for instance, Evotech and the Centre for the AIDS Programme of Research in South Africa struck a collaboration to design and develop CAP-256, a broadly neutralising antibody against HIV. For his part, Takeda's plump referred to how China had overhauled its healthcare system and completely opened up to both its national companies and multinational firms. 
In 2016, for instance, there were only around three drugs from multinational pharma companies approved in China, while in 2017, leveraging a policy that emerged in 2015, this figure had jumped to around 39, he noted. And importantly, China is favouring innovation, he said. We actually have the most breakthrough designated products in China, and that gives us a really enabled path to discussions with regulators and facilitates bringing our medicines to China, Plump added. That's all for this time. Many thanks for listening. These stories are linked in the article accompanying this podcast and represent just a fraction of those published over the past week in Scrip. So log in to access all our content or take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.